0: Please stand for today's reading. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you, now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way, with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated. Oh well, come on, give it up for Anthony. If y'all gonna do it, if y'all are gonna do it, do it. That is not how I plan to start my message. What's up? <laughs> Uh, hello, everyone. If you do not know me, my name is Joe, and I'm not prepared. Let me get my iPad squared away. I am. Hello. <laughs> it's like it's a Tuesday. No. Uh, my name is Joe. I'm one of the uh, associate pastors here at Hope City Church, and I'm so glad that you're here uh, today as we continue and actually finish our series uh, on the Holy Spirit uh, called Many Gifts One Spirit, because Pastor Katie and I, she makes me courageous. So we decided that we're going to talk about this Holy Spirit. In just two weeks, we're going to get it done, tell you all about it in just two two weeks. Not at all. Not at all. Actually, this these two messages have just uh, been an opportunity to, to talk about the Holy Spirit, maybe to inform some people, let people know who the Holy Spirit is, and then also today let you know how you are empowered through the gifts of the Spirit. And so... I'm going to jump right into our message today, and I want to say this, and this is what Jesus told us. Jesus said that it would be better for us to have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it would be better to have the Holy Spirit. On the final night of Jesus's life, he said something that sounds strange, maybe challenging. He said that I am going away, but I am sending my Holy Spirit, and that is is going to make things so much better. That's a paraphrase of John 14, 15, and 16. You can't find those words. I kind of put it all together for you. But according to Jesus, he's very clear that the Holy Spirit is a huge upgrade for us as believers. That is this massive improvement than a face-to-face conversation with Jesus. Let me stop right there and... As someone who's grown up hearing all about Jesus, it's all about Jesus, right? We shouldn't love Jesus. We need to know Jesus. We're saved by Jesus. What do you mean it's better that he's not here and I can't talk to him face to face? I have the Holy Spirit. That's very perplexing. Jesus tells us that it's better that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit than talking to Jesus face to face. Do you buy that? What if Jesus walked through the door right now? Don't turn around he's not there. He is coming soon. Amen. 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 He is coming, just not today. Or he might, and I will be quiet and we'll listen to Jesus. (laughs) But he is coming. But if he walked in the room and sat down, who would think, man, this is better than the Holy Spirit inside of me? I don't know your, I don't know your upbringing. I don't know your gifting. I don't know your education level. But I think honestly, people in the room would say that I would rather talk to Jesus than have the Holy Spirit. Why? He's right there. Guess what? So is the Holy Spirit. But because we could see Jesus face to face, we would believe that that's better than the Holy Spirit being inside of us. We would take what Jesus would say was a massive improvement and trade it back. Well, today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. But first, I want to say, who is the Holy Spirit? It's a great question. Pastor Katie did an amazing job last week telling us, explaining who the Holy Spirit is, how we have a relationship with him. Let me give you a definition of summarizing what we learned last week. The Holy Spirit is the constant companionship of God with you at all times. The Holy Spirit is God with me right now. So I believe that many people in the room and people here in America, people listening to the podcast can understand who is God. God is our heavenly father. He is in heaven right now watching over us, his children. I think a lot of people also understand who is Jesus. Jesus, God's son, came to earth looking just like us in flesh, one man at one time, At one point in time, one moment at a time, it was God walking around saying, hey, you can look and do and be just like me. He did that for 33 years. But what about the Holy Spirit? We've heard about him, but do we know him? We've heard about him, but do we know him? The Holy Spirit is part of this unique being that we called the Trinity that has been here since the beginning of time. From Genesis to Revelations, the Spirit of God, present, active, and essential in everything that God has done. But besides that, the tragic truth is, is that most people in the church at large today, the Holy Spirit could be described as a familiar stranger. I mean, I know him, but do I know him? I know him, but do I know him? And just so you don't feel like out of the loop or you, don't, you feel like you're, you're the only one that may not know who the Holy Spirit is, they're going to put a chart up on the wall, the wall, the screen. <laughs> Peyton Mount, my, my guy, love him. He's, he's working pro presenter for us today. There's a chart behind us, and it's from a survey done by Christianity Today back in 2018. They asked around 2,000 Christians this very straightforward question, true or false? The Holy Spirit is a force, not a person. Is a force, not a person. 51% of the people said that the Holy Spirit is a force, not a person. 7% said, I'm not sure. And 42% of people said the Holy Spirit is a person. So over half the people surveyed don't understand how the Trinity works. They think the Holy Spirit is a force to be used and experienced, not a person to be known or known by The Holy Spirit is a person that we get to know and that gets to know us. Now, is the Holy Spirit a force? Oh, yeah. He absolutely is a force, and he is very powerful. Now, it's not a momentary experience. But listen, every moment with the Holy Spirit is supernatural. Do you know why? Because by his very being, he is supernatural. We get to know the Holy Spirit. Here's a couple places that the Bible tells us that we get to know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God's chosen people, empowers us. You know why? Because in Zechariah Zach- uh, 4, 6, it says, not by force, not by strength, but by my, by my spirit. That's right. John 6:44 says this, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws, me, draws them to me. He's calling us. The Holy Spirit's calling us that we may know Jesus so that we may be raised on the last days. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it says this. Paul tells us, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So guess what? If you sit in this room today and you profess that Jesus saved you, Jesus set you apart, Jesus is the way that you believe that you have eternal life, you can know God, then you Know the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us we can't say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. So, last week's message and this week's message from Pastor Katie and myself are not to be all inclusive information. If you would like to learn more about the Holy Spirit, you can read his biography. It's in the Bible on every page, every moment, every action. Every step was empowered through the Holy Spirit. So my question is, is are you filled with the Holy Spirit? You know what, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it leads you to becoming more like Jesus. You become more like Jesus. So what does that mean for us in the room today? Maybe for the person in the room today that was a first-time guest, you accepted an invitation, and you wanna know, hey, what's it mean to be filled by the Holy Spirit? Maybe you're someone that's in this room today and you're sick in your body and you're like, well, what can the Holy Spirit do about that? Or maybe you're a person in this room right now questioning every word coming out of my mouth, questioning your very faith, questioning if you even trust Jesus. Well, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you what it does. The Holy Spirit inside of you makes the impractical, the impracticable, impractical, say it with me, impractical, Like the jokers, there we go, impractical joke. Or the impractical, practicable. When you have the Holy Spirit, you can put into practice the most impractical things. The very thing that's urging you to seek out more about Jesus and putting your trust and faith in him is a work of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says this, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness telling people about me. The Holy Spirit tells us about Jesus. The Holy Spirit allows us to tell other people about Jesus. When people have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it gives them opportunities and abilities that other people do not have. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live. While well, I was doing some research, I ran across theologian Carl Barth. I mean, I know who he is and I read him sometimes. And he said this about living in the Spirit. He called living in the Spirit the impossible possibility. Whoa, <laughs> that sounds intriguing to me. What do you mean the impossible possibility? What does that mean? It sounds so heroic. The impossible possibility? What does that mean? That means that God is able to do what we can. not In our effort, and our striving, God can do the impossible possibility. What it means is that a baby came born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, laid down his life sacrificially, walked out of a tomb three days later so that we may know him as Lord, the impossible possibility possibility. And so you may be asking yourself right now, what is the impossible possibility in my life? How can the Holy Spirit make my life different? What am I facing that I would say that is an impossible? What am I facing that is impossible, that I need the Holy Spirit that it may become possible? I'm glad you asked. I mean, you didn't say it out loud, but I know you're all thinking it. You're like, well, tell me, Joe, what is it? I got a list. You can have favor on your job. You can experience contentment in every situation. You can be present at Kroger when the person behind you is kind of weird, and you can just say hello and not be creeped out. Hi, I see you. You see me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to be quiet. You can keep your peace when someone cuts you off at a red light. Holy Spirit does that every, often, a lot for me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit gives us healing in our body. The Holy Spirit is hope for the hopeless. He he takes you from depression to restored, from addicted to sober. The Holy Spirit allows us to give our kids the life that we did not have. The Holy Spirit allows our children to grow up in homes that were different than ours. The Holy Spirit allows us to have a future set apart. The Holy Spirit allows you to have a good marriage. The Holy Spirit allows you to break unhealthy cycles of addiction and habits. The Holy Spirit gives you peace beyond understanding. The Holy Spirit, the most impossible possibility that he does for you and me and everyone that professes Jesus is that we may know God. So how do we experience the indwelling presence of God? He does this. He doesn't just say you can have it. He just doesn't say that it's present. He gives us gifts. God gives us gifts because he is generous so that we may see the Holy Spirit working not only in my life, but also working in your life. The Holy Spirit, he gives us gifts and moves us in our lives so that ordinary people, filled with the Holy Spirit, can continue the extraordinary work started by Jesus. The extraordinary work started by Jesus. So for the time that we have left together, this is a transition point for all the note takers to grab your paper. I'm gonna give you three points that we're gonna talk about about the Holy Spirit. We are gonna talk about what are spiritual gifts, what are spiritual gifts for, and what do spiritual gifts do? So what are they? What are they for and what do they do? And so the first thing that what spiritual gifts are, here you go, you ready? This is a great definition of a spiritual gift. It's a gift from God. A spiritual gift is a gift from God. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, 4, it says, I always thank my God for you and the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Jesus Christ. According to Paul, we should be thankful and praise the Lord for spiritual gifts. We should be thankful for the gifts that God has graciously given me. So when I think that I've been overlooked, when I think I don't have any talents, when I think I don't have any abilities, when I think that there are people that are further along their relationship with God, I need to stop and be like, thank you God that I'm not where you, that I'm not where you found me, that I'm different. Thank you, God, that you've put stuff inside of me. I may not know what they are yet, but you've put them in there because you said that your are is to give them to me. So guess what? Now I get to figure out what they are. Ephesians 4, 7 says, However, he has given each one of you a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Spiritual gifts are given to every believer when they believe in Jesus, just like our gift of salvation. It is by grace through faith, that we are given spiritual gifts. So, i set up spiritual gifts. You ready? I'm gonna give you a list. And I'm gonna explain every single one of them. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. I, do, I, I, I was really like struggling, like, do I say these words? Because here's what I don't wanna do. I don't wanna give you a list of 13 things and say, well, I don't have that one. I don't have that one. I don't even know what that word means. I don't have this one. And I don't want you to feel like your spiritual gifts have to fit inside of a title, God uniquely equipped each one of you with what? A special gift for you and you and you and me. God gave me gifts. He didn't give them to you, he gave them to me. Thank you, Jesus. Like, I'm gonna keep my gifts. I'm gonna use them, but I don't wanna desire your gifts because God gave them to you. I'm gonna tell you about a spiritual gift. You ready? This This is a spiritual gift, okay? Evangelism, pastoring, teaching, helping, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, Miracles, prophecy, discernment, serving, interpretation, encouragement, giving, leading, and mercy. Jimmy, you want me to give you an example of a spiritual gift? My father-in-law is in the back. When he became a pastor in Puerto Rico, they said, hey, here you go. Here's a town. It's called Guasio. It's on the side of a mountain. There's a river that runs over the road. Have at it, buddy. It's desolate. It's beautiful, but there's no one there. And you have to travel, you had to travel by horse when he first started pastoring. You know what spiritual gift that Lord gave him? He's a phenomenal musician. Phenomenal musician. You know what he did the whole time he was there? He taught everybody on that side of the mountain how to play instruments. And then he had his church on the side of this hill had a full orchestra. Praise the Lord. Orchestrator. It's not on here. (laughs) Teacher, pastor, leader, generosity. Oh, you didn't equip me. No, don't get caught up in these titles. We need to use what God has given us. So I've told you about the spiritual gifts. Let me tell you how Paul explains spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, four through six. I'll read it and then we'll unpack it in just a second. Uh, Four through six says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of services, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but the same God who does the work in all of us. All of these spiritual gifts, they come from God. They're for serving and they're for working through the Holy Spirit so that we may see the impossible possibility. We may see the impossible possibility. Ordinary people working, filled with the Holy Spirit, carrying out the extraordinary work that Jesus started. So now that we have this list of of works that we can do and we know that God gave them to us, what are they for? Is it to, hey, look, I'm talented. Hey, look, God gave me a gift that's different than yours. No, what are spiritual gifts for? God gave us these spiritual gifts so that we can strengthen the strengthening of faith. The strengthening of faith. Spiritual gifts are for the strengthening of faith. You could say the spiritual gifts are for encouragement. First Corinthians 1, 5 through 8 says, as through him, God has enriched you, enriched your church in every way with all the eloquent words and all of your knowledge. And this confirms what I have told you is true about true what has told you about Christ is true. Now that you have every spiritual gift you can you need, you can eagerly wait till the return of the Lord Jesus keeping you strong till the end so that you'll be free from blame on the day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. See, spiritual gifts are an extension of your faith. Spiritual gifts are an extension of my faith so that they may strengthen someone else's faith. You are gifted and called by God so that other people can be known that they are gifted and called by God. Our goal is to encourage other peoples to faith. Another way to put this is that when you're knowing and living and empowered by the Holy Spirit in every word, in every deed, in every action you do, it should lead people from darkness to light. Your actions, words, and deeds should lead people from death to life. The the spiritual gifts that God has given you should strengthen fellow believers' faith in Jesus. A couple ways to look at spiritual gifts is that they're for ministry. Praise the Lord for our pastors. Thanks. Praise the Lord for our teachers, for the people that serve, for the people that go and evangelize and tell more people about Jesus. Another way to talk about spiritual gifts is they are manifestations. We need to see these actions of the Holy Spirit through people. It should be miraculous. The miraculous is just a word that the, Lord, the world has used to put God in a box. Do you know when God does a miracle? That's God being God. You just got to witness it. And we see these manifestations of people being healed, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, people seeing, uh, telling discernment. My wife has a powerful gift of discernment. I always know when I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my bad. I didn't even, uh, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit, or Karen, or both, amen. But that is, that is what they're for, spiritual gifts, and, and, and one of thing the things that spiritual gifts are for, they're, they're, to, they're to motivate us. If I didn't think that I saw God moving active live in Emily's life, Dakota's life, Pastor Katie's life, if I didn't see the Lord moving in their life, I could be discouraged. I could lose my joy. Is this even working? Why am I following Jesus? I could go out and do whatever I want. But why have I decided to live inside these walls of this shepherd named Jesus Because it comes with gifts. And they're working in people's lives. And that should motivate me to go, oh my gosh, this does work. I want to keep doing this so that I can be encouraged. It can motivate me. I look at spiritual gifts as this way. Don't simply equate them with natural talents and abilities and skills. See, there are all type of people that have amazing gifts. Let's look at music, for example, There are thousands uh, of libraries, Apple, you know, podcasts, or, you know, I'm old. I listen to Amazon Music. Amazon Music, Spotify. You look at all these libraries and libraries of music. But if they are not for the glory of God, it's just art. They wouldn't say that this is a spiritual gift. Now, God put that gift in them. They're just not using it for spiritual giftedness. They're not using it to call people forth to know Jesus. So just because you're, you're good at something doesn't mean it's a spiritual gift. And guess what? Just because you're bad at it doesn't mean it's a spiritual gift either. Praise the Lord to be bad at something because now he gets to work through you, right? So now it's like if our goal is to be good or impressive at something for our own satisfaction, we've missed the mark. Well, you know, before I came on staff at, at church, i repaired plastic, leather, and vinyl. I drove around in a truck. I was number one on our team. I was number one in our region. I was number one in our country. We were, we were a franchise. There were, 1600, there were 1,600 franchises. I was number one every month. And I, I, was a, I was a beast. It wasn't a spiritual gift. But you know what? And I could have easily stayed in that truck, had a phenomenal uh, vacations with my wife and kids and, and raised them to know that I was a phenomenal vinyl repair guy. I wouldn't have probably not have led them to Jesus through my vocation. I'd have been a great dad, probably talked about Jesus a little bit, but that doesn't mean because God called me into ministry that I'm now, my kids are gonna know Jesus. This is now my vocation, but you know what? This is only because of someone else seeing a spiritual gift inside of me. Because let me tell you, for the last four years, it ain't been like repairing vinyl. (laughs) The Holy Spirit has been moving in me, shaping me, molding me, using me, calling me higher to do all kinds of things. And and it's not repairing vinyl. You know, and it's because of other people in my life that saw something inside of me, saw that the spiritual gifts that the the Lord has given on me, that they've called me out. I could have spent my whole life working in vinyl repair and been amazing. But now because I said yes to the Lord, I've, I, my whole life ha- has changed. And so just don't equate like what you're good at to be what you're called to do. And don't let because you're bad at it stop you from your calling because we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Uh, Galatians 3, 5 says this, God does not give you the Holy Spirit and do miracles among you because you obey the law. Of course not. It's because you believe in the message you heard about Jesus. You don't you don't do it, you don't operate in spiritual gifts or follow it to be saved. You do it because he's gracious and we, we use these gifts so other people know them. Faith, God's gifts moved by the Spirit, are His ways of strengthening others' faith. So let me recap the first two points as we're moving to our last point here: is that spiritual gifts are from God. And those spiritual gifts Strengthen our faith and the faith in others. So we have our spiritual gifts. We, we know what they're for, strengthening faith. But what do they do? What do spiritual gifts do? Paul told us in 9, in 1 Corinthians 9, they put us in partnership with Jesus. Amen? We are allowed by the Spirit to continue the work that Jesus is doing. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians 1 through 9. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says and he has invited you into a partnership with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have our gifts. We're using them for faith. We're using them to strengthen people. But how do we, what do we do with these things? We do it together. We, we, we come together. To see these, these, these moves of the Spirit working together so that other people would know God. The impossible possibility happens by being connected to each other and also connected to the Spirit. You know, we are really big here on, at church, and Pastor leads the way on this, Pastor Katie as well, about reading our Bibles, the most steadfast, easy way for you to hear God's voice is to read what is written down because through the Holy Spirit, people wrote down what God was telling them and we believe that to be true and that's a great way to know and learn and understand who God is. You can wake up early, you can stay up late, you can do devotionals, you can do reading plans and you can check your box off on your u app and share it with your friends, let them read your Bible, but you know what? You will miss a way, a different way to hear God's voice If you do not have community with other believers. A faithful, faith-filled, spirit-filled group of people. You know, I can't tell you how many times that I've been in conversation, people around me that know God through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have a friend that says, thank you, Holy Spirit, out loud, you need to find new friends. (laughs) You need to find you some friends that go, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hanging, hanging out with Pastor Katie and, and being around Jesse uh, that runs Celebrate Recovery. I talk to him sometimes. We'll just be chopping it up, you know, at the office or over text or whatever. And just the most random things. And we're just not really, you know, just ministry things, people things. And one of them will text back or say, Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm like, You're talking to Joe. Like, this ain't the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but that's what it is. Man, I got a problem. This is confusing. I don't understand it. I need someone that has more wisdom than me, that has more knowledge than me, that has more discernment than me. I need someone who has more faith than me to come and not take over, but to help me see what the Holy Spirit has enlightened them, to help enlighten me, to give me that faith, to build each other up, to build each other up. You know, it's like, you know when the Holy Spirit works when we're together? is when you think that Pastor Jason has your living room bugged and he's talking right at you. I saw you the other day. And you're like, that's not happening. It's because he has a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has worked through pastor when he's studying and the way that God has gifted him and created him to be able to speak to us in a way that we hear and understand, but in our own natural way could never come up with. How did he know that? He said that the way exactly the way I think it, but I could never get it down. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you want to know a way that you can see the Holy Spirit working in your life, go serve in kids ministry. I'm not joking. I'm not joking at all. Myself, Pastor Katie, Allie, my wife Karen, we all came up together, separate churches, working in kids ministry. Do you know why? Because God puts kids first. Come to me, all little children. Woe to those that cause the little children. You know, I learned so much when I was teaching middle school ministry. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. When you're going through a hard season of life and you're sitting across the table from a five year old that's over with like a Lunchable and you're like, and then God's people made it out of the wilderness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I am like, you are allowed to understand and meet the person of God on a level that you can understand. Being available. Asking God to use you, that is how you understand your gifts and how you learn who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit works in and works through people. See, the letter, I chose this letter, 1 Corinthians, because Paul, he wrote it to his church. Just like our church, it was in a city and, you know, it would be like the, the first book of Louisvilleians. Well, this is the first book of, of Corinthians. And he, he wrote this letter so people would gather together and we, they would talk about what was happening in their church. And so Paul, he, he he's sitting there telling them in this gathering, instructing them, and, and giving them encouragement. Now I wanna I wanna help us a little bit. Paul, he he was not like us. He was not a southerner. So he didn't use words like y'all. But today we're gonna give Paul a southern accent. So let me read something to you. It's in 1 Corinthians 3:16. Praise the Lord for 316s, right? John 316, I can remember all of these. So 1 Corinthians 316, are you ready? Don't y'all realize that all of you all together are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in y'all. You, me, our body, our body, my personal body, this body, your bodies. What are they? They They're indwellings of the Holy Spirit. Every time you walk out, I'm gonna let my little light shine. Right, I've brought my my temple with me and I'm shining. Well, guess what? My little candle, plus all y'all's little candles, now is this holy blowtorch. All of us are gathered together here in this room. We have concentrated our temples together so that we may come together and see other people. The Spirit of God moving in each one of side of us. In this room, we can see, man, God's impacted this side of the this God has impacted these people over here that reach these people over here. My, my in-laws live in Hirshborn. God's moving over on their street, right? I live, I live in Valley Station. You know what? God's moving over there too. Deja was right off Dixie. God's moving right over there, right? So this is when we come together, we concentrate our temples together. And you know what happens when we come to the temple of God? Healing, forgiveness, justice, restoration, First, uh, Second Corinthians 3:17, it was so close to being another 3:16, just saying, "So close, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We come together with our temples, and we bring the Holy Spirit with each one of us. When we live by the Spirit, led by the spirit, the impossible becomes a possibility. You and I, ordinary people, filled with the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, carrying on the extraordinary work started by Jesus. Started by Jesus. Let me say this to you all. So many of us in this room, you need to know that you, the Holy Spirit in you, is the change that you wanna see in your family, in your neighborhood, at your job, in your schools, and in your community. When you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to move, the Holy Spirit's waiting for you to stand up. When the Holy Spirit's ready to move, the Holy Spirit's waiting for you Man, I, I man, church was weird today. Were you weird? Like, where were you at? Like, we were here together. Like, well, I didn't feel it. Like, what was going on? The Holy Spirit's waiting on us. You know why I clapped earlier? Man, Holy Spirit, don't let me be a thermometer Holy Spirit, let me be a thermostat. I'm here, the Holy Spirit with me. I'm ready to change the atmosphere. Come on, I'm ready. I, I don't go to church on Tuesdays. I go to church on Sundays. We're gathered together. I don't get to see Steve Lang in the flesh all the time. We text, we talk, but I love him. I wanna see him. How are you, Steve? We're great. Oh my gosh. But I, you know what, today, I hugged his neck. I love him. When we gather together, we, oh, I go to a church, this, this place. No, you go to this gathering with these people. You're together. The Holy Spirit is in you right now in this moment. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, as I close, last week, Pastor Katie just did a phenomenal job. If you were not here, it's on our app. It's on YouTube. Go back and listen to who the Holy Spirit is. Go understand who he is, how you get it, why you need a relationship with him. But she read a part in John 14, 17 through 20, And there was a word in that verse, in that section of verses, and I sat right over here and I about fell apart. And if you were here first service, I fell apart all over again. And I'm probably gonna do it again right now in front of y'all. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit in that moment, just in an instant, that one word, just let me know that what my experience in the Holy Spirit has been over my life since 24 to 44, the 20 years I've been following Jesus is real. So John 14, 17 through 20 says this. He is the Holy Spirit. He leads, who he leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it is not looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. You understand? Let's stop right there. You know who wants the Holy Spirit? Whoever's looking for him. It's available for who? Y'all, us, everyone is available. This is not an exclusive club. Don't look like, oh, you don't have the Holy Spirit. No, 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 you just don't know him yet. He's in you. He's in you. God has given the Holy Spirit. He's poured out of of spirit on what? All flesh. Come on, right? But you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in us now. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And since I live, you will also live. And I'm raised to life again. And you will know that I'm in my Father. And you are in me, and I am in you. Many years ago, I'm 44, I went to the Bullitt County flea market. It's not the awesome flea market, not that one. It's, it was in Shepherdsville, it was off Preston. And it was like livestock and tables and gravel and rusty pickup trucks and old tools and broken dishwashers and baseball cards. It was an old man's dream, just junk for sale. And I, my dad did something he really, he didn't do a lot when we were growing up. He's like, hey, you wanna go with me? And I jumped in his truck. And from Okalona to Bullock County, it was about an eight-hour drive. <laughs> you almost needed a passport. It was, it was really, really far. And it was so different back then. And we started walking around. And I don't remember how old I was. I, my, my, my life has done some things to my memory. And, but I know that I'm this tall now. And I was about that tall then. So I was seven, eight years old. And uh, we started walking around the flea market. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a He-Man, a BB gun or something. There was something that Joe wanted and it was laid out in front of me. And my dad was beside me and I was like, man. And I stood there staring at this thing. I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it. And I turned around and my dad was gone. See, earlier, I wanted to hold my dad's hand and walk around with my dad because I love him and I wanted to be close to him. But I don't know if he was masculinity or I was just too old, you know, I was too old to hold a. You see me holding my son's hand, don't you dare condemn me. I hold my boy's hand forever. But it was just a thing like I wanted to hold his hand and, and he was like, don't, don't. And so we got separated and I'm just staring at this thing that was laying on the floor and I was like, I really want this. And I turned around and my dad was gone. I got in a panic because I was alone and I got distracted and I wanted to be with my dad and whatever that was separated me from my dad. That, it, 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 it's been a story of my life that things have separated me because I get that, I get distracted. And then I took off and frantically, I, and then I saw him and I ran to him and I put my hand in his hand and I was like, yes here he is and he pulled away and turned around and it wasn't my dad it was a stranger and in that moment I was like I'm so alone and I'm so distracted and I just want to be known and the very thing I wanted to be known by was gone I'm so thankful that God is gracious and that man was a good man. I don't even, no clue. He just, I'm not your dad. Where's your dad? And he just started, hey, somebody's kid. My dad turned around and came and grabbed me. And in that moment, I knew what it would be felt like by the father. I knew what it felt like not to be abandoned. I knew what it felt like to know somebody and be known by them. If you feel like you don't know the Holy Spirit, if you feel like your faith is just this thing that you're trying to do, if you think that it's so hard just to get here from a Saturday to a Sunday to get in a seat, God has not left you. You're not abandoned. If you think, Pastor Joe, all these gifts that you rattled off with all those syllables, they sound amazing, but I can't even stay sober. I can't even stay out of cycles of bad relationships. But you're telling me the holy God wants to indwell inside of me and empower me so more people know Jesus? Yes. Yes. That's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that right now. That God has filled you. God knows you. He hasn't left you. You're not an orphan. The most impossible possibility that the Holy Spirit does is let us know that we can know God. And we know him. And that is the most important thing. Above all else, the Holy Spirit lets us know God so that we can continue the extraordinary work of Jesus. Desire to know God, know the Holy Spirit. The gifts will come, and you know what? The Holy Spirit will help you. Spiritual gifts are from God. They strengthen your faith, and they help us in partnership with Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you for the gathering of your people. God, I thank you that you have put your Holy Spirit in each one of us, Father God. God, that your church is a gathering place that we may come together and know that we are not alone, that we are not abandoned. It is not by our might, not by our strength, but God, but by your Spirit living inside of us that each one of us may know God, may know you, may profess Jesus, and that we may continue the work that you have set forth so that other people may come into faith with Jesus. God, I thank you that you've given us the the sacrament of communion, Father God. God, that we may come, partake of the bread and of the juice, God, and that we may feel a physical presence of the supernatural dwelling that's already inside of us, so Jesus, I thank you for your body. Jesus, I, I praise you for your blood, that I am forgiven, made, made whole, set free and empowered to live with you. In Jesus' name. Amen.